13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. In the next few minutes or so, we check in uh, with uh, some of uh, the independents that are contesting this election. Going to be joined by Nongo Solo, uh, who's contesting in Ward 82 uh, out in Ekuruleni. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, understand also that we're going to be joined by Mtetelele CBC, who's contesting in Ward 103 in Etegwini and uh, Ken Clark, who is uh, uh, contesting the mayoral candidacy uh, for the Inokum Kijima local municipality, which uh, covers uh, the uh, areas of Komani, uh, uh, there's a few other places, Komani, Whittlesea, Dordrecht, Moldino, and many other parts, uh, uh, not too far from where I come from. And uh, yeah, so uh, tonight, I guess we also want to hear from you. Do share with us some of your own perspectives on uh, uh, the uh, local resonance of some of the issues that uh, independents are raising. Uh, we have had over the last few weeks or so many political organizations coming to speak to us uh, as part of our local government elections coverage and uh, we continue to uh, hear from you so do share with us uh, some of your thoughts on uh, the uh, commitments and uh, the offering of uh, uh, the independents who are going to be uh, joining us this evening, Nongo, Ken, and Mteteleli, who are from Ekuruleni, Inokumkichima, and Etekwini, respectively, and uh, reach us there on our WhatsApp voice note line on 079-191-4270, 079-191-4270. Also out on our studio line on 089-110-3377. I think I've got Nongo and Ken uh, on the line. Uh, Nongo Solo and Ken Clark, good evening to the pair of you and they're going to be joined by Mtetelele shortly. Uh, welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Abonga. Thank you very much. Uh, Nongo, let me start off with you, and then, Ken, I'll come back to you. Uh, you contesting in Ward 82, uh, around the message, our right, our voice, our faith. Uh, what are you offering the residents of uh, Ward 82 in Ekurule? Thank you so much, Ayabonga. Evening to you and the listeners at home. Yes, the campaign uh, says our right, our voice, our faith, simply because it's our right to vote. We are reminding the voters who are also disgruntled to remember that our forefathers died for this right. That is our voice because we have been voicing out that we need change and that voice has been suppressed. So people must remember now that it's their voice and we are prepared to listen to their voice. And it's our faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. And at the time we have voted, everything that we have been hoping for should then begin to come to realization. We are saying that for too long our voices have suppressed, undermined, and modified. So I'm offering, firstly... I'm offering innovation as a young person and mm. as a woman. But secondly, I'm offering that our voting, where for the first time the voters will be voting for a human being. They will be voting for a face that they see, a, a, a candidate that is residing within their ward. But mm. most importantly, we need to highlight that none of these political parties for years have been talking about education as the fundamental liberator. And and that is why when we talk about issues of land, they don't understand the issues of health. They don't understand the issues... Of, of, of social welfare and electricity. And that is why when we, we clarify the five mission pillars of education, land, health, electricity, and social welfare, some would want to argue that some of these issues are national issues. Mm. But how do you then define education as a national issue when charity is at home, when schools belong to communities at the local level? And so the first fundamental pillar is education, which is very important. And we are saying we receive education in three different phases or four. Education, when we define education, it is not a schooling system where you are talking about just sitting with a pen and a paper. But we get 
education through internet, and we must ensure that the entire world, 82, has access to internet, to, has access to Wi-Fi. Secondly, we must get our education through libraries, and we are saying that the entire world, 82, doesn't have a library. The one we have will open at 8 and then it close at 4. Mm. Uh, what, is it, what, what is it open for? Because at 8, the kids are at school at 4, they're only coming back. So I must ensure we have one with quality, with books, but also with free internet. Mm. Within. Then okay. when we speak of education... In the Yima, Rachel, system, Rachel, Rachel, pause. Let's pause there for a second. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll come back to many of your five pillars, but I think, uh, you know, that's that's helpful, I guess, to just signpost some of the key things and uh, we'll come back to some of the specific details uh, of that. Okay. Let me bring in uh, Ken Clark, uh, who, uh, Ken, it seems you've uh, swapped the uh, balance sheets uh, for the ballots and the pamphlets. Uh, you're part of uh, a coalition of candidates uh, uh, that are going to be contesting 20 out of the 34 wards in the Inokum Kijima a local municipality. What are you offering to the residents of Komani, Whittlesea, and many of those areas? Well, I'm on, we've got a situation where our municipality is, is in a state of total collapse. And everybody is sick and tired of our money being squandered on census projects uh, while the necessary infrastructure projects and basic services are not being attended to. <clears throat> so what we're planning to do is to create a government which is, or a local government, which is capable of getting the infrastructure of the town back on track and getting service delivery happening to its citizens again. And actually, just like you do in business, instead of you delighting your customers, we're looking to delight our ratepayers. They are our customers. Mm. And... At the end of the day, by doing that, we need to make the town investable again. Currently, in my opinion, uh, Enoch Makajima and the towns therein are just simply not investable. And that is, is a major negative for job creation, not only in the country, but specifically in this region. And we have to fix that. We have to fi- make it attractive for businesses to come to town and for those businesses who are here to stay here. It is imperative mm. also that we look at our outlying areas. You know, I've been absolutely appalled by the state of basic services, people that don't have water, um, uh, you know, where, where a simple thing needs to be fixed, uh, a contract would be issued for some uh, parallel project in order to be able to siphon funds off again. And the extent, the extent of corruption is absolutely astonishing. And, and we have to put an end to that. It's gotten so bad that people are refusing to pay any bills because they know the money is just being stolen. So we've got a massive issue of just trying to get people to trust the government mm. or the local government again. Okay. And I've been, I've been really excited by the level of support that I've received. Um, for those that might not know, I'm a successful businessman who, who is not new to business, I've grown two businesses from scratch into big businesses today, and and I and I, I don't see a problem in fixing something as elementary as a municipality. So I'm really looking forward to getting massive support from from the communities in order to bring them 
the services that they deserve. And okay. you know, hold the line there, uh, Ken. No, no, hold the line there for me for a second. Sure. Uh, because we need to go to a quick spot break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll get some opening remarks from Mumtetelele, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts uh, of uh, uh, what is on offer here from our three uh, independents, uh, Ken Nongo and Mumtetelele, joining me from Inokum uh, Kijima, uh, Ikuruleni, and Etekwini, respectively. And we'll continue with Mumtetelele um, after this break. It is indeed 22 minutes now after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. And uh, this evening we speak to independents and uh, joined by Nongo Solo from Ward 82 in Ekuruleni Gauteng. Also joined by Ken Clark, a mayoral candidate for the Inokum Kijima local municipality. And Mtetelele Sibisi from Ward 103 in Eteguini. Mtetelele, uh, let's give you an opportunity to make some of your own opening remarks. What are you bringing? To the people, okay. okay, good evening, uh, the host, my colleagues in the studio, and the Metro listeners. Uh, I will just uh, say a few words in my opening uh, because my colleagues have said a mouthful of things that I think are relevant to what our ideas are, but ours was first to look at the democratization of the the development. Because the biggest challenge, we saw that the local government, it's where the implementation of the development took place. And if we does not have that blessing of fully participation of the community, then it becomes a problem to have a, a development that will be for people and where people can engage on it and see the effects of that development. That is why you find out that sometimes people will not uh, protect their own infrastructure, they destroy their own infrastructure because they were not part um, really in in the way our municipalities are run. Mm. Uh, looking at the basic services that are not happening there, or there is a lack of basic services delivery in most of the areas, where you'll find out that the taxpayers, the ratepayers, have got complaints because they cannot see their um, uh, tax money or rate money being used effectively simply because of the corruption that is there in the municipality, uh, the lack of skills that are possessed by some of the politicians and most of the officials that are being employed as called deployment in, in, in the name that they are using. So we... One of the, the, the people that we would really like to see any development coming to the community direct, not having um, a place where the, or a forum where the development will be discussed before it reaches the community. So it is the direct route development to the community and the fully participation of the community mm. in that uh, development that will be bought by yeah. the municipality. So it's one of the things that sure. we then engage in and think that it will be of a good use to do and to cut the political systems that make people mm. have the, the groupings that decide on them and come to the people whenever they think they do have they they have things that people will then like to have without people then giving the information to the political structures and leaders to just um directly to the municipality for them. So it's the ideas of the uh, of of the community versus the ideas of the political parties. 
it's, uh, it's the policies formulated in the community versus the policies formulated in the conference of the political parties. So our ideas are formulated within the community and move straight to mm. them and uh, the, the municipality, uh, not via the political structure. Sure. That is why we are saying to direct. We wanted a direct intervention from the municipality straight to mm. the community where there is no link between the two, uh, which normally end up um, promoting corruption, okay. end up promoting um, things like uh, when you see uh, comradeship making uh, t- or taking charge of the community that is supposed to be getting mm. uh, the best development. Okay. That is why then we decided that they can cut the meeting men and go straight to the sure. community. Okay. Today we'll come back, I guess, to some of the specifics and, of course, uh, some of the challenges that you anticipate that you might confront, uh, you know, uh, on the back, I guess, of contesting in this way and also the benefit of doing that. Uh, and I want to bring uh, Nongo back uh, on this question because, Nongo, I guess, you know, your, your, your five mission pillars on land, electricity, health, social welfare and safety and education, uh, many of them would be seen as concurrent functions between national government and provincial government. Um, and, and I'm quite interested, I guess, in how you see that interdependence playing itself out uh, and whether or not there might be some disadvantage in contesting on the basis of an independent if a lot of the decisions around, for instance, opening a clinic for 24 hours might be a decision, uh, you know, or even resourcing for, for that function because you're going to need nurses and people who are going to, you know, man that clinic. Uh, might be a decision, or I guess the envelope of resources might be sitting elsewhere, provincial level, government, national government, and maybe not necessarily, I guess, at a, at a council level. Oh. No, completely. I think the first thing that... Um, independent- and I think you make a very good point there, that, uh, you know, the, you can mobilize sort of local level, um, you know, agitation around these issues. But uh, I guess, Nongo, if I come back... Uh, to the point, uh, you know, behind my question is that, you know, what happens when some of the pools of resources are sitting in other tiers of government? So not necessarily at a council level. Uh, and I make the example of healthcare. Same example can be made of education. Uh, but let me maybe also just field that question, I guess, to, to Ken Clark as well. Um, I mean, a lot of the dysfunction, Ken, that you, you're highlighting in Inokum Kijima uh, largely has to do with uh, this tiered approach uh, towards uh, specific areas of governance. So if you look at the roads, uh, there's certain tiers of government that are responsible for certain types of roads and others, you know, would be regional roads or provincial roads and the like. Uh, and even, I guess, in the case of, you know, uh, things like healthcare, education, electricity, and, uh, you know, at a district level, things like water, sanitation, uh, many of the issues that uh, you've lamented before. How are you going to deal with that in a context where, you know, I guess people might be batting on a different wicket, sitting in a different tier of government, uh, and their res- participation is required for the outcomes that you're looking for? Well, look, Bonga, I think what we've got to do is start with the basics first, you know, and, you know, like any business, you've got to fix the basics first. You've got to fix revenue collection. 
Tetelele, let me bring you in. Uh, and I guess it's on a similar similar vein. Uh, I mean, if you look at some of the, the issues around uneven provisioning of services uh, out in Eteguini uh, and the impact that that has had, if any, uh, on your ward uh, in that part of the world. Uh, I mean, what, what are some of the challenges you foresee, uh, um, I guess, uh, you know, if you were to get into the council seat that would arise um, in being able to implement some of the things that you're promising the people? Of enough mm. and remember there's this ganging up of uh, people who have got money and uh, it makes it uh, our farmers our small scale farmers to have challenges uh, in finding markets where they can sell whatever they are doing there by the rural areas so we, that is why in one in one of our points we then said we want to have uh, communities that can sustain themselves we want to work with business people around our areas to make sure that whatever they do in their cells, it's coming from the community. It becomes, for certain reasons, it has to be cleared. It's not that the council doesn't want, but because of some legislations. Bob Sibisi, we quickly had to go to a spot break there and, uh, yeah, try to, uh, I guess, get you to pause somewhat, but uh, it was already... Uh, we say Sondele. But um, just maybe as you conclude that point you were making around uh, agroecological support, uh, just also the, the comment that we've heard through in that voice note, which is around communicating some of the constraints that might arise uh, associated with m- what might be promised. Because, I mean, coming back to the earlier point I was making, um, although one might want to achieve some of these things, there might be legislative, institutional and other constraints that might make their achievement very, very difficult. Uh, yes, uh, but beside, beside uh, us as councillors doing our back-to-back basis, uh, report what mm. uh, forums like Operation Sumasaka, the OSS, where community come together and look at the issues within the community and try to find solutions. The departments will be there mm. to take the issues um, so that we will be able to solve some of the issues are uh, long low-hanging fruit. Mm. It's easy to just solve within a short period of space. And some of the issues will be issues that we'll have uh, to go via the legislation and see how are we going to solve mm. those kind of issues. And we've got another um, forum that we sit in uh, where communities are invited to talk directly to the department and the massacre net programs and all, and, okay. and, and all of those things. Sure. But it is important that besides our own day-to-basis um, where we report back monthly to the community, you again involve these uh, type of forums where people will be able to be given much information that will help them to do that. Yes, it is correct that people should pay for their services, uh, but the, the, the reason why we started by saying that the service that they must be paying for, it's the service that must be there, and that is a quality service. That uh, has got, uh, or the municipality have got the, the mandate to deliver the services to the people. And those services will, be, will then be paid for. So if the municipality is failing to, 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 to provide the services to the community, that is why we find that the community will be discounted in paying some of the services and ending up um, making the municipality to become bankrupt because they made the municipality mm. will not be getting funding from sure. the, 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 the services that okay. they are providing. Right. So well, it is then correct for the, the, the caller to say sure. we should encourage people to pay for the services. Okay. Asbonga, uh, Babusbis, Nongo, let me bring you in here. 
Uh, and I guess you might want to respond to that uh, point around paying for services. But I'm also interested in your suggestion on social welfare and safety. Uh, were you calling for the reintroduction of street committees to reduce crime and GBV? Talk to me about that. Yes, yes, most definitely. I think firstly it's important to highlight that we are independent candidates now before elections, but we are councillors after elections, so we are equal to any sure. other councillor. And if there is budget allocated, it's allocated for everyone. Now, secondly, when we talk about political education, we then come to that point to say. It's important for us to revive ward committees, to revive street committees, to revive area committees, because these committees then are the ones that are able to spread information at a, at a, at a faster pace. Where we are saying there is crime at a particular area, those committees are able to attend to that point. Where we are saying there is a particular issue of gender-based violence, they are able to attend to those issues. But social welfare also addresses things like street polls, you know, um, like um, potholes. And those are social things that are taking place on a day-to-day basis. They can't wait for a yearly budget. So that's the most important. But most importantly, it's important to highlight that some of the things are shaped by bylaws. And it's ed- mm. political education that our communities don't have, that um, we need to start talking about them and educating each other from that perspective. And those, those are the joys of independent candidates because the political parties have been hiding so certain information and not sharing that information with community members because they enjoy the autonomy of information. But it's important to ensure that uh, the citizens or the community members are informed um, at all levels. For example, you are making an important issue of the health system, which might not be directly um, in the council. And my one of the things we don't understand is that hospitals, for example, or clinics also have board of directors and schools. You know, schools have what is called school governance bodies that form part of the management team. And the school governance bodies should be parents that are community members coming from the community. Mm. So as the hospitals and clinics, they should have community members within uh, those clinics and hospitals. And those community members will surely, if, if it consists of them, they will surely ensure that the, the clinic is functional, the clinic is conducive, uh, the health hazards are, are there, uh, that the clinic is big enough, the, the opening hours are conducive, and also to ensure that everything is working, the service is working. So when I speak of Ward 82, I'm speaking of a ward that does not have a clinic at all. The only clinic that we have is in one VT in Khalikstan. It's a small clinic versus the population that exists in, in Khalikstan. And when we speak of health hazards, it is absurd. While the, the ward on itself is very fast, it consists of Mkanwa, it consists of Mzumbe, where it's about 10 kilometers away or 15 kilometers away from that clinic. And, and those are the issues that we have to deal with. You can't wait for national to deal with those issues. Once you as a community unite to say, this area must have a clinic, this area must have the school, and this area, when we are waiting for the school to be built in three years' time, you need to at least provide free transport that will transport our kids from one area to the nearest mm. school. Those are the things that don't wait for national. Okay. It's things that we as sure, people can sure. oversee. And, and as, as my colleagues are indicating, once we also partner with business people who will ensure that we mobilize resources also to mm. ensure that our community are, communities are functional, they are restored, and they are well-developed, sure. then I think there will be harmony in that community. 
Thank you very much for that. Uh, please hold the line there for me for a second. And uh, Ken, when we come back, I want us to touch on what uh, Nongo's just touched on, which are some of the uh, partnerships that are required, uh, be it with business, labor, and civil society, uh, to make sure uh, that some of the changes that you're suggesting actually happen. And uh, we'll return to that after this brief break. It is indeed, and seven minutes it is before 9 p.m. This evening, we speak to uh, three independents uh, from Inokim Kijima local municipality, Kuruleni and Etegwini, Ken Clark, Nongo Solo, and Mtetelele CBC, respectively. And uh, uh, Ken, you would have heard uh, Nongo uh, speaking about the importance of partnerships uh, between different social partners uh, to try and uh, get the outcomes that we're looking for across the board. Oh, it seems we've lost Ken. Maybe you can field that question. I mean, what are some of the partnerships you are looking and uh, that you envisage uh, just going forward with the different social partners, labor, business, uh, and even other parts of government and civil society as well? Yes, uh, fortunately, uh, we've been working with the business sector very well and with the social uh, organization, the organization within the, the area that we are we're working in the NGOs, the NPOs, and other organizations that deal with uh, different kinds of uh, uh, programs. So we, we will then to create that partnership, particularly with business, because within that business is the, 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 the groupings that can close the gap that is there between the, the government and the people. So if you've got the business people with you, then it is easy to deliver some of the services. But again, for the services to to have a meaning in the community, you would need to partner again with the, the labor and the, the social forums, the, the forums that are within your community, particularly the non-profit, uh, non-profit organization, uh, so that the service would be delivered on a manner which will be able to satisfy most everyone in the community. So making the, the, the commitment as uh, independent councillors that will be politically will not uh, involve these structures in the political sphere, uh, it makes it easy for us to deliver some of the services that the community would want and to partner with different businesses whom they seek to use their CSI in making sure that the community they are trading within, um, it, it's developing. Well, the development of the community you are trading in, it makes it easy for you, particularly, to have uh, skillful people uh, that will be employed in your business. It makes it easy for you to have people with, with, uh, which will own the business and have that sense of ownership in whatever infrastructure, in whatever business that is surrounding they are um, a place of living. So we are then looking forward to uh, create that partnership, but not only to end our partnership in our local and municipalities, to extend it to the department, as I said before, the department which are run by the province, the entities that the, the government has nationally, even if we can even go internationally, it would be of a benefit of our own communities. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've got Ken Clark back on the line. Um, Ken, are you back with us? Yep, back with you. Yes, yes, yes. And I guess I want to pose the same question to you as well. I mean, some of the partnerships that you envisage uh, to uh, achieve some of 
uh, what you said is about going back to basics, uh, be it with labor, civil society, you know, government as well. There's certainly been a fractious relationship, if I think, uh, about the relationship between the municipality and some of the people who work for it. Uh, and uh, many of whom are organized under the auspices of the South African Municipal Workers Union. How are you going to deal with that? So, look, I think, you know, to put it, make those laws work effectively for all the citizens that improves the lifestyle of citizens rather than taking away from it. I think part of the issues here is not focusing on the basics, but being uh, detracted by all sorts of side issues and trying to do everything but doing nothing in the process rather than getting the basics right and doing the things that municipalities are supposed to do and get business and communities to look at certain items that, you know, government is a tax. And if you, if, you, if you want more government, you must be prepared to pay more tax. If you don't like the tax that you're paying, you must say to yourself, well, how do I accept a little bit less government, pay a little bit less tax, but I have more disposable income for myself? So these are trade-offs, especially in low-income societies, that we need to start looking at. Okay. And, Ken, and, Ken you know, we're going to have we, to stop it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, and yeah. uh, it's a real pity. would have loved to continue. Uh, I see we've lost Nongo. Uh, but uh, to the pair of you, gentlemen, thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us. Uh, Ken Clark and Mtetelele um, uh from Inokum Kijima and Etegwini, respectively. And, uh, yeah, you can see them on a ballot box near you. Uh, in the next few days or so. We're going to have to leave it there. The man with the music is standing by. He's your soulful accompaniment for the remainder of this evening. Big thank you, George, not Chola, for putting together this great product. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nangoko sasaibanga. Leikonovic.